0: We're going to go into uh, today's scripture reading, which comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. We're going to read this in the ESV. If you're here in person, we have ESV Bibles that are under your chairs. Uh, If you are joining us from home, feel free to look up the scripture on your own. Uh, But also, we will project the scripture uh, that will be behind me. It'll be kind of like an inset. It'll be in your slides uh, if you're joining us from home. Again, it's Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12. And as you are able, if you could please stand for the reading of God's word, you can definitely do this. uh, If you're here in person or if you're comfortable doing this at home, feel free to do that as well. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues, as of fire, appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. We used to do like an alternate reading, and it was always kind of fun when we uh, did this passage because of all the different places that people had to pronounce. (laughs) Anyways, friends, uh, we are continuing in our uh, sermon series that we're just talking about life And today is um, the day of Pentecost, uh, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit. Today's message is called The Untamed Spirit." Uh, Friends, I I had a question just from the top. Uh, We're going to be talking about a a lot of different things that pertain to the Holy Spirit. But I think one of the things that perhaps um, we're going to need to deal with the most is this idea of control. Friends, are you a patient person? Anyone, would you consider yourself a patient person? Would you be bold enough to be like, yeah, that's me? Uh, if you are at home, uh, only one person, I think, kind of put their finger up, but I think they did it ironically. Uh, I think for a lot of people, patience is, is, is a, a, a hard thing, right? Um, by the way, I looked up impatient, and I found this stock image, and I thought it was kind of funny because sometimes when they take these stock, stock images, they take a whole series of them, and I found another one where... I think she's kind of being patient, (laughs) so that's the impatient one, and this one she's like, okay, all right, I guess there's time, and it's just going to go, and friends, what is it about impatience, what is it about a ticking clock, or what is it about these timelines that we have where it's so hard for us to deal with, and friends, I do think it does go back to the issue of control right? We're like, man, it's not going fast enough. If you're in traffic and there's someone who's not driving the speed that you want to go. I heard a joke once that was like, um, basically, any speed is not the right speed if it's not the speed you're going, right? Like, you know, if someone's going faster than you are, you're going too fast. If they're going too slow, you're going too slow, we just kind of look at the, the speed limit as a suggestion. But I know for me, if, if I'm like in a hurry, and, and if I know that I have a meeting, and I'm like, oh, like, like my GPS says I'm going to be five minutes late, you know, and I start getting a little anxious, and then there's a car in front of me that's going exactly the speed limit, or, God forbid, one mile under the speed limit, but I'm late, and I'm just like, ah... I feel out of control. I, I, I want to, you know, I don't know. I, I've been watching like, like different movies where they have like mind powers. I want to move them out of the way. You know, I want to do the Jedi trick. You will move into the slower lane, you know. And maybe, friends, you feel that. And, uh, you know, why am I mentioning this when it comes to Pentecost? Well, for one, um, there is an issue that I think all of us are going to face. Uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because you're going to see in this passage, the Holy Spirit is not controllable. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does not work on our schedule, does not work in the way that we want it to work, right? Um, th- this is why today's message is called The Untamed Spirit. Uh, originally, I titled this message The Wild Spirit, you know? There, there, there's this... this uncontrollability, because, friends, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, right? It's not our Spirit. We're not in control of it, right? It's not working according to our will, but the will of God. And so, friends, I want to read this passage again, and I want you to kind of pay attention to the parts of the passage that make you uncomfortable. I got to tell you, if you want to divide Christians or get people uncomfortable, start talking about the Holy Spirit, I've seen it happen so many times in churches, right? There have been times where we've invited guest speakers. And I tell you, I've never heard more complaints or more concerns about a guest speaker as when they talk about the Holy Spirit, right? It makes people really uncomfortable. I, I'll just tell you kind of a, a, what I think is kind of a funny story. Um, I was invited to speak at this youth camp in Ohio. It was actually one that I grew up at. And I know that through the years, there have been moments at this camp where there will be things that happen, like during worship or during the prayer times, that you know, we would characterize as manifestations of the spirit, people speaking in tongues, or people like falling on the ground, or things like that. And you know, one of the, the pastors uh, of one of the local churches, uh, he picked me up from the airport, and he was like telling me in a very concerned way, he's like, "Yeah, sometimes at this camp, things happen." And, and I just wanted to warn you. I was like, okay. And the more he was talking, it was really, it was about these things. It was about like these manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that like, like, I don't know why I think this is funny, but one thing that really bothered him was he saw a counselor pray over a kid and go like this. And he was like, why did he go like this? Right? And he was like, tell them, tell the counselors they can't go like this. I'm like, why? <laughs> what, what? What is the big deal? Friends, I just think that a lot of us, we get really uncomfortable about the Holy Spirit. You know, oh, if you pray like this, then that's the proper way to pray for people. But if you go like this, it's too wavy. Too much Spirit, too much Spirit's gonna come out. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. But it makes us uncomfortable. Some of the things in this passage make people feel uncomfortable. I gotta tell you, I, I've heard churches say, You can't sing Holy Spirit songs because they don't have the correct theology of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, What is that about, friends? What is correct theology? What are we trying to do? We're trying to box it in. We're trying to define the Spirit so we can understand it. And you're going to see that in this passage, and you're going to feel it as we read it. Because if you read the, the story of Pentecost honestly, uh, at least for me. I mean, you know, maybe some of you, you grew up in like a Pentecostal church in a place where they're very, very comfortable talking about the Holy Spirit. But at least for me, the way I grew up in a United Methodist church, we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and I always felt uncomfortable. And, and I, I want to just even confess to you as we're about to go into it that I still don't have it all figured out. I try to be very honest about that. If, it's, if there's a message that I'm still kind of wrestling with or, you know, I, I don't have a great grasp of, yeah, I just try to tell you that. Let's go through this journey together. Let's, right? Let's go into the mystery together because there's going to be stuff in here that it's, I don't know how else to put it. It's wild. Let's take a look. <laughs> it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, and so this is, Uh, The 50th day after Easter, after the resurrection, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So this is the disciples, right? They're waiting uh, in this place, and wind comes, right? What does that mean? Well, hey, here we have our first mystery, right? Uh, And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Is this a metaphor? Was there actually fire? Did it feel like fire? Did someone think they saw a fire? What do you mean by tongue? Another mystery, right? Are you uncomfortable yet? (laughs) And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what do they mean by tongues? It just means language. We get very twisted because there is this way that we talk about this kind of like angelic tongue, where people are like speaking in this language that you've never heard of, right? But tongue, in this context, it just means language. They're speaking in different languages. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? So here, the people are confused, right? They are wondering, what in the world is happening, just like all of us? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, I bet they were, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? How can we understand this? What is the proper theology of the Holy Spirit and what is going on? How do you explain this? This is an attempt at control. They want to understand. And by the way, You know, we're not going to get into the whole passage because it's a longer passage. It's a wonderful passage. I encourage you to read it, to read Peter's response and the sermon he gives, explaining through the scriptures uh, what is happening, what is going on. But basically, we're going to sum it up with Peter's own words. What does this mean? He says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. It's inclusive, right? And so what you see is the Holy Spirit breaking out. And there is a clue here, I think, when all of these people from all these different areas start speaking about the wonders of God, the works of God in their own language. There is this idea that this is a hint at the ministry of the disciples, right? That they are going to be sent to the ends of the earth. Because you literally see people from the ends of the earth speaking uh, about the mysteries of God. What was the way that people worship before this? Who are the people who are in this passage? They're Jews. They're Jewish people, right? And they believed that the promises of God and the blessings of God in the kingdom of God was for them, for their people, right? You ever hear the phrase chosen people, right? They they believe that the Messiah was coming for them, and the Messiah was actually going to vanquish their foes, right, and going going to put them on top, right? And so here we see something happen that kind of blows up that idea, right? Now, you know, does that mean that that was never in the cards? What, What we believe is that the, the, the Jewish people were picked to be God's people, right? And, and, and then, you know, through them, the Messiah comes. Jesus is born to a specific nation, a specific family. But it's from this family that then the blessing, it expands to all people. And there's probably some people in this crowd who don't like that message, They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We thought we were special. No, 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 no. Why why, why all these other languages? Actually, that language over there, I hate that language. I don't like that nation. No, 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 no. Let's keep this blessing inside. But you can't contain the Holy Spirit. You can't control the Holy Spirit, right? There might have been some people who are like praying for the redemption of Israel, but not for the redemption of the world, But when the Holy Spirit comes, it is the Spirit of God and it does not behave the way that the people want it to. And friends, that's something that we have to acknowledge when we are talking about the Holy Spirit. If you want to experience the Holy Spirit, if you want the Holy Spirit to reign and lead your life, it's not going to go the way that you plan it. I mean, even the stuff in this story, right, where people are speaking in different languages. I know there's some people who kind of fear, uh, like I said, you know, (laughs) that pastor was like, don't pray like this, you know, Uh, who kind of fear uh, what the Holy Spirit might look like. And I got to say, I'm one of those people. Um, there, there was one time, uh, like I said, I never have heard so many concerns about a speaker, except for when they're speaking about the Holy Spirit. And there's this one time, not one of my finest moments as a pastor, but we couldn't find a speaker. And there was just somebody that uh, a friend of mine uh, uh, recommended, and I didn't like fully vet this speaker. I didn't know him, right? And, and he was like, hey, uh, I know this guy. And, and he's the kind of guy that if you invite him tomorrow, he'll drive down today, right? Like, he's just like that, you know? And he's like, um, but I have to warn you, you're going to be really uncomfortable. And my friend was not kidding. <laughs> he came, and uh, I, I don't think, like, because like, it was, like, very short notice. Um, I don't think he planned, like, a single message. He just got up there and just talked about the Holy Spirit, like, for, like, an hour, you know, and then afterwards he would like pray over us, and like when he would pray for people, people would like fall over, right? And like things would happen, and like some people would like you know just, just things would happen, right? And uh, it made people really uncomfortable. But you know, for me, because like I'm the pastor, I'm like, hey, I, I should be one of the first people to go. I wasn't the first person. First person who went was his kid. Uh, he, he prayed for him, and the kid fell down. Right, and the kid like immediately got back up. He's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, like you could see that like he didn't touch him, you know. But he, he was like, "Oh no, 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 no! Just, just stay down. Just, just let the Holy Spirit just minister to you. Like, just enjoy, just enjoy." And and so you know, I get up there, and I promise you, I promise you, he did not touch me. He 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 got like close to me, like we're, we're like this, and then he just kind of just went like, and I fell over. And, and I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel, like, strange. Or I didn't feel, like, you know, uh, uh, like, like my emotions or my mind being changed. I, I just literally was just on the ground, and that was it. And he was telling me and anyone else who was on the ground, he's like, just, just stay there. Just, just enjoy. Right? Just just linger. Just, just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. I was like, okay, okay, cool. And then as I'm sitting there, again, I don't feel anything. There's no, no, nothing in my mind that's like, do this or don't do that. I'm just... Sitting there just trying to, oh, okay, enjoy the Holy Spirit. And then I started laughing. And it wasn't like a maniacal laugh, it was just like a normal laugh. Actually, most people, when they talk to me about it later, they didn't even notice because it was very quiet. I was just like chuckling, like. <laughs> but this is what was going on in my mind. I was like, Steve, stop. Stop. You're going to freak out all the kids. No. What if I start maniacally laughing? What if I can't control it? Right? But after a while, you know, I was just like, hey, if this is the Holy Spirit, this truly is the Holy Spirit, what do I have to fear? Why does that freak us out so much? If the Holy Spirit were to do something in our lives that we can't control, that we can't explain, right? that's part of the problem. Right? We want to fit it into our categories. But what if the Holy Spirit was never supposed to fit into our categories? Um, yeah, so I, I, I talk about this sometimes when I talk about spirit. Um, there, there is a willfulness to spirits, right? I mean, it just makes sense. The spirit has a will. The, the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to conform to the will of God right? We all have spirits, too. So our spirits are trying to inflict our will, or trying to, I shouldn't say inflict, but maybe it it is actually like that. (laughs) Our spirits are trying to enact our wills into the world, right? And so um, sometimes we call people who are very willful, very stubborn, we call them spirited. And I sometimes talk about this, uh, uh, DreamWorks uh, cartoon. I, I think it was from like the late '90s, called Spirit, and that's the name of this horse. And this Spirit, that this horse would not be contained, right? You could not tame it, right? All these people, they come, and you can see in this picture, they're trying to rein in Spirit, but Spirit's just, nah! you know, the Spirit is not going to take it, right? And and friends, I know we talk about this in 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 terms of our Spirit and how our Spirit needs to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And that's definitely true. But friends, we have to understand it from the other way too. The Holy Spirit is not going to surrender to you, right? You're not gonna be able to tame it. You're not gonna be able to control it, right? It is absolutely untamed. It's supposed to be that way. And friends, I think that there is this issue of control and there is this issue that that even from the beginning, Jesus was aware of. And so the way that the Holy Spirit comes to the disciples, I mean, for one, I mean, you know, if anything I'm I'm telling you is is kind of like freaking you out or something, let, let me assure you that everything that I understand about God is that when it comes to matters of the Spirit, God is a gentleman. And what I mean by that is that he will not come in without your permission, right? You have to invite the Spirit. You have to create room for the Spirit. You have to surrender to the Spirit. That's my understanding, at least. And again, some of these areas, right, Holy Spirit is wild, right? Uh, You you know, I'm not saying I 100% know, but this is what I understand, right? You even hear Revelations 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, If anyone will let me in, let me dine with them. I'm going to come in, right? But there is this idea that uh, it's an invitation, not not something that's forced upon you, okay? But here we see um, in the previous chapter, uh, we are told that uh, when Jesus was still with them, before he ascended into heaven, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, friends, we already told you, uh, I don't know if you caught this. How long did they have to wait? Or how long, I mean, we don't know exactly when Jesus said this, but um, it's probably like maybe like a week or so, right? Uh, After the resurrection. But how long after the resurrection? was Pentecost. Anyone know? Anyone know? Yes, it was the 50th day. So 49 days after the resurrection, yes, it, it was the day of Pentecost. Okay, you caught that, good. <laughs> so friends, um, not many days, but you have to understand, right? The, the, the disciples are not from Jerusalem. Right? They're from Galilee. They don't live there. Right? They're here for the Passover and for all the stuff that Jesus did. Right? And so this is not their home. Right? What if what if the Holy Spirit asked you to stay in a place that was not your home for an extra 50 days? <laughs> Would you be okay with that? Right? Not many days, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, 50 days is maybe not many days. right? But for us who are so impatient, right? To say, hey, something awesome is gonna happen. The Holy Spirit is gonna come into your life and baptize you. What does that mean? We talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, uh, Last week, the, the idea of baptism is full immersion. You are going to be immersed in the Spirit. The Spirit's gonna be everywhere. It's gonna be with you. You're going to live into this new reality with the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is wait. I mean, really, you don't have to do anything, but you have to wait. Right? Are we okay with that? i got to tell you, in in this day and age, man, uh, it's one of the the things that um, I've been in churches that are like, the service needs to be exactly one hour, not a minute over right? And, and I hear sometimes people will say things like, let's not waste people's time. What, what are we even talking about anymore? What has happened to us that everything it is about this kind of sense of efficiency, right? Like, like you know, this idea that time is it's just slipping away from us. But it, for many of us, I do feel like it is this issue of control, right? How many of us would be willing to wait? What what if I were to tell you the Holy Spirit is going to come in this new way in LGM, but what we need to do is we need to stay here for 50 days straight. Would we do it? Would we be willing to do it? You need to take a break from whatever you were doing, whatever you were scheming, whatever you were planning in your life for 50 days. I think most of us would be like, wait, how do you know this? (laughs) You sure it was the Holy Spirit? You absolutely sure it was the Holy Spirit. Can you show me some proof? Right? You'd probably feel pretty uncomfortable, pretty out of control. right? Now, this was a historical event. I'm not saying that there's like this formula. They have to wait 50 days and the Holy Spirit comes. Holy Spirit's already here, friends, right? But there is this principle that for many of us, We don't like to wait, right? We don't like to be out of control. And we don't want to surrender our agendas, our timelines, to God's. What if there was something within you that God said, hey, let's wait. Let's wait. Why are you in such a rush? Um... I heard uh, from this book, is, is by John Ortberg, where he's recounting a conversation he had with Dallas Willard. You guys hear me talk about Dallas Willard a lot. Dallas Willard is a, a spiritual teacher. He, he passed away, I think, in like 2015, 2014, something like that. Um, and uh, But I, I came upon his writings uh, 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 during a time when I felt a lot of psychological distress. I was feeling really, really burnt out. And, and I read this book where John Orberg was having this conversation with Dallas Willard and I resonated so much with what Dallas Willard said to, to John Orberg. So John Orberg was his pastor. He was gonna uh, uh, start at a very, very big church. His life was going to get infinitely busier than it had ever been before. And he sought the counsel of Dallas Willard. He was like, hey, you know, as I'm going into this stage in my life, what advice would you give to a young pastor like me? And Dallas Willard, apparently, everything in his life was just absolutely unhurried. And so John Ortberg said that it was kind of annoying, the way he talked. It's like really slow. And so in typical Dallas Willard fashion, he says very slowly, you must ruthlessly eliminate Hurry from your life. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That's a phrase that stuck within me. You know, what does that hurry come from? Is that hurry from God? Is it from me? Maybe it's from the world, from the pressures that we're feeling all the time. Go, 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 go. You got to get this done. You got to get this done now, 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 now. How many of us are so uncomfortable or even distraught? I mean, when we get depressed, when something does not happen when we want it to. Oh, I had this timeline. I had this five-year timeline for the way my life was going to be. And when it doesn't get there, how many of us are depressed maybe? enraged maybe right but that's our timeline friends it's not god's timeline what would it mean for us to say holy spirit come whatever that means whatever that means wherever that means holy spirit you do your thing what would that mean what kind of prayer would that be Right? I, I know it's very, very easy to just kind of deflect everything I'm saying by saying, but Pastor Steve, how do you know for sure what the Holy Spirit is saying? I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that, friends. I do know that I, I have been around people, and there have been moments in my life, where in prayer and through searching the will of God, there are these moments where you just get a little bit of clarity. You, know, you feel this kind of inner voice, this inner, inner compulsion that says, hey, this direction, you know? This direction, not this direction. Or, or wait, or pause, you know? And so I'm not super good at this, but this is something that I'm learning to listen to more and more. You gotta test the spirits, right? If you got good brothers and sisters, you can have them pray with you. You can make sure you check it with scripture, right? I, I, I'm not saying that it's always right, but I'm saying that for us to be a spirit-led people, we need to be open to the possibility that there is a Holy Spirit that is not going to operate according to your timeline and your agenda, right? And friends, um, (laughs) I I, I don't know why. I just thought of the whole, like, uh, if you guys remember the beginning of Lord of the Rings, when uh, Gandalf uh, shows up and uh, Frodo's all mad, he's like, you're late. And Gandalf says, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. You guys like my Gandalf impression? <laughs> you know, and I think about that sometimes. Like, you know, in, in, in our world, it's always like, no, 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 we, we got to go according to this time, right? We can never be late, right? We got to use that time, right? Just this feeling of wasting time. It's like the, the, the worst sin you can commit in this world is wasting time. What were the disciples doing when they were in that room you know, for, you know, a week minus 50 days. (laughs) They're there for 42, 43 days. Were they wasting their time, friends? Or were they waiting upon the Lord? Was it worth waiting for? So that the Holy Spirit could do what the Holy Spirit was gonna do. This untamed spirit that we can't control. But all we can do is two things, friends. It's really all we can do is wait and submit. Wait and submit, right? I I just have to confess, man, this is not popular advice. (laughs) This does not fit the spirit of the world, right? I mean, you know, for us to learn to wait upon the Holy Spirit means that you need to surrender your timeline. Your, your, your desire for efficiency. Your desire for things to happen when we want them to happen. You guys remember a couple weeks ago when I, I asked us to just kind of be still in God for like a few minutes, right? And, and, and uh, you know, for me, learning to wait upon God in that way, that silent prayer every day, where right, I just take 20 minutes out of my day to do nothing but be in the presence of God. In the beginning, when I first started doing that, It felt like such a waste of time, right? And maybe for a lot of you, that's why you can't pray. Because there's something within you that tells you, I can't afford to pray. I don't have time to pray. I can't waste this time. But is it a waste? Is it a waste to say, God, I want to create room for your spirit? I don't want to just go according to my will, Because if I just go according to my will, what's gonna happen to my life? I'm going to get wherever this leads me. And I gotta tell you, our wills are not very smart. Can I say that? I I hope I'm not offending anyone. But your will is basically trying to get you to be safe, right, it's it's trying to navigate fear of a world that feels, feels uncertain, right, and it's usually operating under that premise. And it usually doesn't do a very good job. I mean, I don't know what would have happened to the disciples if they said, you know, 50 days, mm, too much. I, I got to go home. You know, time's a wasting. Time is money. I don't know what have, would have happened to them. Oh, maybe some of them just would have gone back to being fishermen, going back to being tax collectors. Maybe they would have lived, like, you know, pretty good life as far as it goes in first century Palestine. But I'll tell you this, they wouldn't have experienced the Holy Spirit and the life that God had for them as disciples and apprentices of Jesus. They wouldn't have seen all the wonders and glories of God, at least not in this timeline. I don't know, maybe there would have been another opportunity down the line, right? But friends, what about you? What kind of life do we want to lead? Is it the life that we get to determine? What's the life that is going to be um, dictated by this wild, untamed Holy Spirit? Uh, There's two uh, images uh, of the Holy Spirit that are given to us in this passage. One is wind and one is fire. I just want to read for you uh, real quick. This is from... Uh, John chapter three, uh, verse eight, and says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit, right? We don't know where the wind comes from. from. We don't know where it's gonna go, right? We can't dictate that. And then the other imagery is fire, right? And and I, I put a little... Uh, gif of fire there. You know, fire is very unpredictable. It, it's, it's one of the things about fire that is the most concerning, right? If fire gets unleashed in a forest, oh my goodness, you don't know what's going to happen, right? Can't control it, right? There's something very wild and untamed about fire and something that seems uh, potentially very dangerous, right? Fire can hurt, it can burn. And if it burns up the thing that you don't want it to burn up, that can be very bad. But there's another case in which fire is life-giving, right? Fire allows us to cook meat <laughs> and cook food. Fire, you know, provides warmth, right? And fire purifies. And the fire of the Holy Spirit is not meant to consume your life or to mess it up just for the sake of messing it up. It is meant so that it can refine you, so it can bring you to the life that God wants for you. We're, we're going to go into a time of communion. Uh, but before we do that, um, can we just take a moment? I just feel like a message like this, um, the words can only get us so far. And friends, you know, I'm not asking for anything to happen. You know, I, I'm not telling you to pray in any particular way, but just to just be still. Let's just take a moment to just wait upon the Spirit. Right, just, just a brief moment. You know, I I just feel like the more we can do this in life, you know, um, I I, I don't know exactly how God's going to work. That's kind of the point of the whole message, right? Is none of us knows exactly how God is going to work. But can we be open to it? Can we create more openings in our life to the possibility of the Holy Spirit? So let's create one of those openings right now. Let's be still. Let's wait. And if you would be so bold, you could even... You know, prayer prayer like, come Holy Spirit, or s- something to say. God, I- I- I'm yours. I- I'm here. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. By the way, friends, sometimes God doesn't speak, not in the way that we want, because again, He doesn't operate by our timeline, by our sense of efficiency. God, this is the only time that you get to speak. Do it now. It's not how it works. That hasn't been my experience. But if we could just be still and learn consistently through our lives to submit and wait upon the Holy Spirit, who knows what God will do? Who knows how God will work? God, we can't always dictate how your spirit is going to work. Lord, we, we want more of your Holy Spirit's activity in our lives. I know I want that. But God, I, I confess that so many times I do not create those opportunities for you. I'm so fixed on my timeline, on my sense of what's efficient, by the beat and drum of this world that's always telling me that time is slipping and it is being wasted, God. But instead, Lord, I want to give this time to you. I want to open up, God, more and more of my life and my heart and my mind and my spirit, God, to your spirit. May your will be done in your timing according to your will and not mine. May your kingdom come Your will be done in my life, in this world, as you desire it to be in the heavens. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.